0: Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast podcast week of December 25th, 2023. I'm your host, Zach, and uh we're closing out this year with a solo show. Chris is still traveling for Christmas. He was in Chicago and other places over the holiday break here, so uh, it's just going to be me wrapping things up for 2023, and because it's the weird week between Christmas and New Year's Day, where there's pretty much nothing happening, there's no news, there's not really anything streaming, there's no new movies in theaters, um, I thought I would talk about my top 10 best movies of 2023, and my top 5 worst movies of 2023. Uh, these are both lists that were on everythingaction.com. You can go check it out and read them if you wanted. Um, But this is also the this is the audio version of those lists. So, let's jump right in. Uh, let's talk about the worst movies first. And my starting from number five, my fifth worst movie that I saw last year. Maybe, it's probably something of a hot take. But I put Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, I know I've heard from a lot of people who are fans of the franchise that like for the finance and phrase we actually gave them like everything they were looking for like they loved it it was full of references to the games references to like things that are going to happen possibly in sequels uh i have not really played any of the games i don't have any sort of love for the lore or the franchise so i was going in kind of just wanting like a fun uh spooky horror movie and it failed to even deliver that for me like it was just kind of like boring um, it was super repetitive. Josh Hutcherson felt like he was just sleepwalking, and so bored that like he didn't want to be there. The only saving grace was the animatronics, like the Jim Henson uh, characters that got created for like you know Freddie Fazbear and all the other characters were spectacular. But it feels like they, they should they just definitely deserve like a better movie because they were kind of wasted here. They didn't really get to do much. And the one scene where. Uh, they actually like stalk around and like kill the people that break into Freddy Fazer's pizza. Like, that's what I kind of was hoping the whole movie would be. And we still have not cracked the nut of this, you know, animatronics coming to life in a pizza place killing people uh, movie. Because with Wonderland was not great. This wasn't great. Uh, somewhere, maybe, in, like, if we took parts on both of those, maybe t- some parts from, like, the, the Banana Splits movies, maybe we'll get, like, a. A movie that fits like this kind of idea, but the best. But uh, hopefully the sequel, because there's definitely going to be a sequel because it made so much tons of money based on what the budget was. <clears throat> um, hopefully the sequel is like kind of more of what I'm hoping it would be, which is you know animatronics going on killing people and maybe less 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 on ghost kids and the same dream over and over again and constant lore jumps and uh, but we'll we'll see it. Might even lean harder into that stuff because that's what the fans want and love. But yeah, number five, Five Nights at Freddy's, was not a fan. Uh, if I played the games, I would have loved it, but I did not. And then uh, my number four worst movie of the year was The Flash, uh, the DC EU movie, which actually started started out pretty okay. Like the the first third of that movie is actually pretty fun with the you know the dueling Ezra Millers and Michael Keaton coming back as Batman and all that kind of stuff. And the sort of setup with the, the multiverse and the alternate universe where there's no more superheroes. But that movie just turns into sludge. Just absolute superhero. The worst aspects of any superhero movie. Uh, and then CG messes of these balls of the multiverse smashing into each other, and it's just empty fan service for like just showing you things like Adam West's Batman or like George Reeves' Superman or like Christopher Reeves' ba- Superman or Nicolas Cage' Superman. It's just like, but they don't do anything, it's just they're like, hey, look, it's them, clap, you know them, you know, uh, you know, Adam West's Batman, you know, all, like all these other things we're showing you, and it's like, it, and then. If you look at compare that to like No Way Home, where it was this kind of similar idea, but then you had like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming in, like actually like you know contributing to the plot, having their own arcs, like actually contributing to the story. This was just like a well you know regular media says all the time. Like I I saw it and I clapped. Like this is just like they're just expecting you to clap and, and like love it because it's a thing you it's a reference that you know. But it was just so, and then it didn't amount to anything. Just like they kind of like smash into each other, and they kind of, and then like they kind of like move away from each other, and nothing really happens. And then everything like Zod, and then like the like Groundhog Day of just like constantly killing Supergirl and Batman, which also doesn't really get resolved. It just kind of like, oh, I guess I I have to stop doing this. But then we don't really get any sort of like resolution of like, are they okay? Did like what happened to that universe? That universe just ended or something? I guess. So yeah, I mean, and then also the CW Flash Show also ended and also ended terribly, so it was not a great year for Barry Allen or DC or that kind of superheroes in general, I guess. And then uh, speaking of DC, uh, slightly slightly worse than The Flash to me was Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which is my number three worst movie of the year. Um, so, super high hopes for because the first movie was so fun; it was like you know the simple, fun. Uh, kind of like origin story. It's exactly what you want from like an origin story, where it's just like this k- kid figuring out that he's a superhero, and like trying to figure out his powers, and fun montages of him discovering his powers. And it kept things simple. You know, it kept things simple. It kept things. Um, there wasn't a lot of uh side plots or complications going on. It was just learning his powers and dealing with the bad guy. And then, Fear the Gods was just a mess of. This villain plot that didn't make any sense, where you never really understood what Helen Mirren or Lucy Liu wanted to do, because it seemed like like they were constantly changing what they were trying to do, or like they never really explained like what they wh- why they wanted like these like various MacGuffins and what they were going to do with the MacGuffins, and and then they got the MacGuffin, but they were then it turned out they didn't want to do something with the MacGuffin; they wanted to do something else, and then everything with Rachel Zegler was weird, um, and then. Giving all of Billy's like siblings side plots and like trying to give them all arcs because you know obviously sports in the first movie they all got superpowers and it's just like some of, like some of them are just like the most bare bones like they like it's like there's one scene where it's like oh this is my arc I like I'm not afraid of this anymore like I learned this now or like and just it was so much trying this jam so much into it They made it's so overcomplicated so. Uh, away from what made the first movie great which is just a simple funny fun origin story now it's just like this like complicated mess of all these all these subplots all these characters, all these different things happening and it also just like that this in the flash also like none of it matters because obviously we know uh now now that Aquaman and the lost kingdoms out like it is it's done none of this matters it's wiped out this, this universe is dead. James Gunn, Pierce, Affinger are in and reboot the whole thing. So, it's none of, none of these DC movies. It's like why, why should you even care? Or like what, like they're saying like there's like there's like post credit scenes in Shazam and the Flash. There's like well, I guess, let's let's show the Flash, but definitely Shazam had post credit scenes that they're never gonna follow through on. And it's like why are these even? Why did they Kiwi keep these if they knew it was gonna end? Like why even show this? Uh, we're like we're never gonna you know we're never gonna explore you know Mister Mind or whatever they're <laughs> trying to set up like two movies now Mister Mind set up that we're never gonna get to. So yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Aquaman. I'm hopefully, hopefully I'm hoping it's just like I'll see them playing like Max in a little bit. Hopefully it's just like kind of dumb fun like the first movie, but uh sh- yeah Shazam and the Flash not a not, not really a great way to like wrap up this you know era of DC movies. And then uh, my number two movie, uh, worst movie of the year, was uh, Hypnotic, the Robert Rodriguez Ben Affleck movie where Robert Rodriguez is trying to be Christopher Nolan and failing spectacular at it, which it's 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 just such a weird tonally and like visually, it has no sort of uh like Robert Rodriguez identity to it. Like if you just showed someone this and said like, guess who the like the director of this movie is. In, in like twenty guesses, they probably would not say Robert Rodriguez. Like, there's nothing of his, you know, visual style at play. It's like it's it's he's it's totally trying to ape Christopher Nolan with like the folding it kind of very Inception, like the folding city and the all the uh, you know mind stuff going on. Like, oh, we're like inside your brain, or like this is like it's not real. This is not it's like happening in a different like what you're seeing is not real kind of thing. But none of it's interesting. It's it's all stupid. It's all really stupid and boring. Um probably one of the most hilarious moments of the entire year, like mean like hilariously bad, is when you find out the truth of like what's going on to Ben Affleck where he like you, you see him go through this entire kind of mystery plot of like what happened to his daughter. And then there's a twist halfway through where they reveal like, oh, this is what's actually happening. And it's people driving around in golf carts like going to like these shitty looking like like metal st- structures and like the back lot which I, I think it's robert Riggins' like actual like you know his like backyard or like his like Troublemaker studios back lot and but it's just like it's they, they they reenacted like oh you saw this in the beginning of the movie now here it is it's just the truth about it isn't this crazy but it's just like Ben Affleck in a golf cart driving <laughs> driven around to places and then pressing like fake buttons and it's it's supposed to be this like mind-blowing twist but it's just it's so Stupid and cheap-looking and terrible. It's just it's it's hilarious in how bad it is. And then all the other like like it just like keeps throwing twists at the like these like twists of like oh you thought this this is what the movie's about it's actually this oh you you thought that's what this is, stupid now it's this, and it, it thinks it thinks like just constantly throwing twists at you especially the last like two thirds of the movie, is interesting. That's what makes it interesting and not like trying to come up with like one or two interesting twists. Just like throw like five twists at you and see if that helps anything. And Ben Affleck is also just, like, so bored and uninterested and, like, se- seems like he's dying inside this entire movie, so he's not a fun presence to watch. Uh, Yeah, hypnotic, not great. Maybe It, it might be, uh, if you have a group of friends and you're, like, you know, getting uh drunk or stoned or if you want to see, like, a, like, take down a hilariously, like, a movie, maybe that, like, sniff at the bill, but... Just watch. Just watching it as a movie, it, it's it's not it's not good. And then speaking of not good, my number one worst movie of the year. It kind of pains me to say it, but it's it's unfortunately true. Uh, Expendables four, aka Expend for bulls, uh, because at one point Expendables was like probably one of our favorite franchises of all time, and, and everything action like Smells two is one of our favorite movies. It's just it's such of like what everything that we love and like everything we talk about with. Like you know, Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis and Chuck Norris and uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren and Scott Atkins and John claude Van Dam and just everything. about *Expendables* two is like like our like ethos for our site. It's just like if you took our site and like 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 threw in the AI and told them to make a movie, like it'd probably be like close to *Expendables* two. <laughs> but *Expendables* three was such a big disappointment as because it was like it's PG teen and it had all these like. No name, or like I guess they were famous, but like not not in like the like 80s, and 90s action stereo fans. Like, hey, it's a bunch of like MMA fighters and soccer players, and they're they're expendables now. It's like I don't care. Like, it's maybe this play maybe this plays internationally. Like, people are like in like Brazil or like super like excited, or like South America are super excited. The soccer players in this movie, but it just didn't have the same like level of uh, excitement for action movie fans. Like it's you know where, like you know this boxing this boxer is not the same level as like Chuck Norris um and the P- yeah Peter definitely heard it as well and I mean Mel Gibson was an okay villain but yeah Spencles three was like such a kind of disappointment was, but then you know we're going into Spindles four it was like oh we're we're R rated again like don't worry we know <laughs> it's it's gonna be R rated we got ego Uwe is there we got Tony Job ja. so it's like oh man we're gonna have some awesome action we're gonna have some you know crazy over violence and then it was just so bad like it was just everything about it it just felt so cheap like everything looked like it was shot on like a green screen or like a uh, like a really ch- terrible set or they it, they had it, they clearly had one set they had like this ship this like freighter ship set because two-thirds of the movie takes place on this freighter ship and that's it like oh, i hope you like this ship because you're gonna be there for the almost the entire movie and there's a lot of shots that feel like it was shot in, like, the volume, where it's, like, clearly there's, like, s- like someone's not in the spot, or like, standing in front of this, like, fake, you know, night sky, or, like, like outside a building, this, like, fake city outside them. And then the whole fact that, like, Stallone basically has ex- more of a- an extended cameo than just co-starring in it, like he always has, like, it, it just feels like Stallone was, like, not into this at all it's like i'll show up but like i'm not I'm, I'm i'm doing tulsa king that's what i care about now like in my in my reality show like i don't know who like was i guess statham because this, this feels like a statham movie with like everyone and everyone else is kind of just like a supporting character so i don't know if, like statham was like the one driving this of like we gotta make spindles four but it's just yeah this the fact that like stallone just like like ducks out like literally like bails out uh like with, like the first like 20 minutes of this movie and then, El- then everyone else like, replacing him are just, like, totally... All the new Expendables are just, like, totally understanding. They don't even have, like, any... They don't even have, like, a, like a fun, like, quirk or, like, a fun, like, kind of, like, like specialty. It's just, like, hey, it's Megan Fox. It's 50 Cent. It's Andy Garcia. They're here. It's them. It's not like they're, like, oh, I'm, like, the... Like, you know, I'm, like, the demolitions expert or I'm the tech guy. Or, like, I- they don't have, like, a fun, like, G.I. Joe, like, specialty. It's just, like it's me. I'm a character. I'm a CIA character. I'm, I'm in the CIA. That's, that's my job. Like, and then, then the, 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 like the main expendables for left, like don't really have much to do either. Like Dolph Lundgren or like uh, Randy Couture. Um, that don't really have that much to do. And, even, and then the fact that they have like Equal Away and Tony John, they don't really have that many great fights. There's like one okay fight between Equal Away and, uh, Jason Statham, and then there's like a kind of like a three-way fight between Tony Jaa and Ikuei, and then uh, the other, oh, the like the new the other new expend like the other f- new female expendable, who I think is like a some sort of martial arts person. <laughs> uh Yeah, Levi Tran. Like they have a the okay fight, but. I mean, it's it's not it's not nearly enough. And then, like, there's like this like c- like car chase kind of convoy fight in like this like abandoned, uh, like military base that is just like so generic and like nothing interesting or cool happens in it. And also, like the opening is uh, like the opening like third of this movie is like so weirdly p- paced, where there is a plot happening where t- like t- uh, Eco way is like attacking this uh, like I think it's like. Iraq, or is like some some sort of like Middle Eastern country that has a nuclear bomb or like nuclear nuclear tech, and he's attacking his base. But then you are flash. You're cutting to Stallone and Satham, and they're like you know having wacky like intra, like expendables bar fight. And then cut back to Tony like Eko away and he's still in this country attack like like trying to like get this information. And then like cut to like the expendables are, like oh we got go, we're on this mission now. But then, but then cut to equal away still like in this in this country like it's it's, it's, it's like. Is this taking place over multiple days? Is this like like a couple hours? Like this 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 like paste like the way, the way this is like edited and paced is like just makes absolutely no sense. So just I mean pretty much on every level, Expendables like, Four just a total disappointment, total disaster. Uh, like obviously it did not do well at the box office. No one cared to, to see this. No one went to see it. I don't know why they even made it because like Expendables Three wasn't exactly like a box office like sensation, and uh. I mean, hopefully this is the end of the franchise. I mean, we got we got two good, we got one good movie, one great movie, and then two terrible movies. So, I, I mean, at least we got those two out of this. That's that's the that's the only like 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 uh you know silver lining of this whole thing. So that's that's worst the worst movies of the year for me. Um, let's get into my top ten best movies of the year. And oh, actually, um, let me just a couple of honorable mentions for worst movies. Uh, honorable mentions: Heart of Stone. The Netflix Gal Gadot movie, super generic, super boring, super interesting. Like it, it, when you're watching it, it's fine, and then immediately, you know, like it's just immediately forget it after you watch it. You'll just be like, I don't even know, remember anything that happened in that movie? I just, I watched it, like five minutes ago. And then uh, *Haunted Mansion*, the new Disney movie, uh, just such a like just has no idea what totally what it wants to be. Like it was want to be like a comedy, doesn't want to be serious, doesn't want to be scary. It just never like latches on to, like, an actual, like, constant tone, and then just, like, doesn't... Like, it just... Like, the plot just, like, just kind of, just goes, and doesn't really have any arcs, or, like... It just... just, just Like, just... It just... is there. It's, like, it's not really compelling. It's just, like... And then this happens. And then this happens. And then we gotta do this. We gotta do this. We gotta do this. And it's it's just... And it's way too long. It's, like... I think it's over two hours long. This should have been, like, 90 minutes, uh... I watched Disney Plus. I'm glad I didn't go to the theater to see this. It's not even like that it was. It's not even like a fun like spooky Halloween you know fun movie to watch during that time. It's just sort of like, uh, yeah, just a, a mess, overlong mess of like tonal like super like there's parts that are super dark and then parts that are, are trying to be super funny and then it's just like it all clashes and doesn't work at all together. So that that, that that's it for the worst movie. Let's get into the best movies. Um, so, top ten. Starting with number ten, my number ten movie was *Dungeons & Dragons: Outlaws Thieves*. Just a completely surprising, absolutely super fun, very *Guardians of the Galaxy* but in a fantasy setting, with just lots of great set pieces that really play up uh, and really have like super inventive, creative uses for like all the like D and D magic and items and spells and weapons. And the cast is just fantastic. They all have, like super great chemistry with each other. Especially Chris Pine. Chris Pine just seems like he's having an absolute blast and is just nailing, like just like absolutely hilarious. Um, the scene where like there's, they, they like create like a clone of him to like kind of distract the guards and it's like this magical clone that like starts malfunctioning is just like a great bit of like comedy for Chris Pine. And then uh, when uh, Regis Jean Paul comes in and is like like steals the show as like this Paladin and everyone's just, like in, in awe of him and like are just, like and he's just like perfect in every way. And also, but also has that like, kind of like Drax, like he doesn't understand sarcasm or humor. He's like very like serious and like 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 uh, a um intentional with everything he does. And it's that's like a great kind of like straight man comedy, like all all the other wacky characters. So D armor thieves, uh, fantastic. Hopefully we get more. I don't. It didn't do that great at the box office, so we'll have to see. Uh, number nine for me for best movies of the year was uh Sisu. The Finnish uh, revenge movie uh, that was just a super tight, great, over the top, grindhousey. It feel it kind of feels like a, like a side story in like the Glorious Bastards universe. Um, and it was a, a fantastic uh, central performance from Jorma Tamilla as this soldier who uh, the Finnish, Finnish soldier who wants to be a gold miner. He actually like strikes it rich. He finds like this massive load of gold, but then. Nazis, uh, there's the Nazis in the area, and they take the gold, and then he has to get it back and, like, kill them all in, like, over-the-top, gruesome, crazy ways. And it definitely, like, it leads, it, it's not too, like, it definitely has a sense of humor. Like, it knows, like, it's over-the-top, and it literally leads into it. And, like, a lot of the kills are gruesome, but they're gruesome in a way that's, like, really hilarious, and, like, you're, like, laughing at how insane it is and how, like, gruesome it is. and By the end of the movie, it's, it's also it just, like, ramps up in a way where, by the end, it's just, like, so, like... Like, uh, Joe Martimilla is basically just like a super, like, it's like a Captain America type where he's just like climbing, like, climbing onto airplanes while they're flying and, like, you know, <laughs> doing all this, like, impossible stuff. But yeah, it, it is, it's a fantastic, it's, it's, it's a, a tight, if you want just a tight, fun, brutal, uh, like, revenge movie, it's, it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Uh, my number eight movie, best movie is, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Wrecking Part One. Which, uh, you know, continues this kind of modern era of Mission Impossible uh, with, you know, great, great practical stunts like, and like death defying stunts for Tom Cruise, where it's just like, what, is, what insanity is Tom Cruise going to do with this movie? And the, this one, it was the uh, jumping a motorcycle off a, off a mountain and then perished, like kind of like, like, uh, uh, what is it? Flight, like flight suit, flight, uh, wingsuit flying off away from the mountain. Uh, which is a crazy—it's just like a crazy sequence of the movie, and there's like a, a ton of other like great sequences, like an awesome car chase, and um, it's kind of like born identity kind like, like was it born supremacy? Your ultimatum, the one like where they had like the airport, kind of like you have to navigate through the airport and like avoid people sequence. You kind of you kind of get that with like the opening where like uh, Tom Cruise has to find uh, Haley Atwell and, like get her, and then like kind of avoid like the bad guys and try to get out of this uh, airport. And uh, what the, the one thing that makes all the Mission Impossible movies like these current ones great is like this mix of like humor and and action where it's like it's like this crazy action is going on, but also there's like a lot of like just fun like interaction between all the characters like you know like Benji, Simon Peg is just like you know making all these comments or like freaking out, and Tom Cruise is like trying to, like make calm him down or like trying to like is reacting like like he's he's like reacting to like what's happening to him. It's just like can you believe I'm like jumping on this mountain right now? Like is this is crazy? And so there's, there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of, like, the, the big cartridge sequence. There's a lot of great, like, uh, <coughs> like, Elliot Atwell and uh, Tom Cruise have, like, like this, they're, like, handcuffed in like, this weird way, where, and they're, like, they, like, don't like each other, so it's like, but they have, to, like, deal with the situation. Uh, the one thing I will say is, like, I, the, uh, the main villain, like, the entity, which is, like, this, like, you know, rogue AI feels a little too powerful, maybe, like, it's just, it's like, it literally can do anything. So it kind of like it's just like they just keep making up things they can do, and it, it kind of there's like no rules for what I can do. So it kind of like it's just like like you don't really have a sense of, like what the limit is or like what like how do you stop it because <laughs> it just seems so insanely powerful. And it's also a part one, obviously, so we don't really get a conclusion to like we we get sort of a conclusion to like this arc, but then there's like a it's like it's not anywhere near close to the end of the story. So we gotta find out what's going on. In the next movie and hopefully the next movie like lives up to like you know this movie and kind of like concludes in a, in a satisfying way um there's definitely a lot of like character stuff that is kind of just like set up here that is clearly gonna be set up and, and hopefully fleshed out in the next movie uh, especially uh like Simon Morales like his villain is I mean he's he's great but it's just like there's this tie to Ethan's past that they don't really, they like kind of like, just like this happens, and then hopefully, I mean, we'll get more of that, hopefully get more of in the next movie, because, like, he's kind of just, like, a blank slate right now, we don't really have, like, any sort of, like, idea of, like, why he's working for the entity, and, like, what he, what his, like, goals are, Um, but, I mean, yeah, just fun, t- t- like, huge, big action sequences, and it, it, like, it's great, a lot of it's practical, you, like, really, like, you, you know, they really smash cars, they really jump motorcycles off cliffs, they really did a bunch of this stuff, so... If you like the Mission Impossible movies, like this one was another like great entry. I don't know. I don't know if it's as good as like. I think I would put it like below Fallout and then, like rotation. Probably like the of like the last couple. It's probably the weakest ones of like the last couple. But I mean, the weakest. You know, Christopher McQuarrie Mission Impossible movie is like better than like eighty percent of stuff that's like other movies that are out there. So it's still, still a great movie. Uh, number seven for me, Super Mario Bros. movie, just an absolute hilarious like. Super fun blast! Uh, like, it, I mean, it looked it looked absolutely stunning. Like some of the best animation of the year, um, and just all the characters look is ex- exactly how you would want them to look. Um, if you fan of the games, and just like so much love and attention to like all these like references and Easter eggs, and uh, there's like so, there's definitely something for like any, any a fan from any sort of era of Super Mario. Like if you're a fan of like Odyssey, or, or if you go, if you go all the way back to like the NES days, there's something for everyone. So yeah, just a great like for fans of Super Mario and like the Mario you know franchise as a whole, it's great. Um, Jack Black just absolutely hilarious, just great as Bowser. Probably definitely the high one of the highlight movies is Jack Black. He does he does, he does a great job of, like he's he can be threatening like it's like a you, like the, like the opening Bowser is like a really like actually like like threatening villain, but then like next scene he'll be like a, like playing piano, play, seeing Peaches and be, like an absolutely like pathetic looser, Goofy <laughs> Bowser. So it's like. He does a great job flipping back and forth, and then the rest of the voice guys is great as well, or pretty good. Um, I mean, Chris Pratt. There was all this like you know hubbub about him playing Mario, and he's fine. He's perfectly fine as Mario. Um, so yeah, I mean, just yeah, just Super Mario, just, just absolute like just pure fun. Um, just and like one one of the one of the better uh, video game adaptations of all time, and uh, definitely excited to see more from Illumination uh if they get more chance to do more kind of nintendo movies like i'm obviously they're going to like they're definitely doing a C- Super Mario Brothers movie sequel but we'll we'll to see if they get any other properties i would love to see them do like a star fox movie or like uh metroid or i mean they're, they're not doing let us zelda we know that but um hopefully they, maybe they'll we we'll, we'll get more from like the this like their nintendo side of things so uh, my number 6 movie of the year uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem just another, just absolute fun blast of a movie. Like just abs- like super funny, uh, super fresh, uh, tons of action, and like visually incredible. Like it, it, it's similar to Spider Verse, but it de- definitely does its own thing. Like it's clearly inspired by Spider Verse, but it does its own unique thing, where it's more of ourselves, more of like kind of like script like if, if a kid was like scribbling in his notebook and like making up all, this, all these like weird monsters and like coming up with things, all these like weird creatures that's kind of like the look of and then maybe like graffiti art or something like this it's like this like super unique super like great art style that like really like adds a, like a ton of like uh unique style and like especially like the action and like and um like the character designs it's like it's it's familiar but you've never seen any of these characters look like this before in any other turtles uh movie or tv show or anything like that it's just it's its own fresh new interesting thing and uh the voice cast is great like it, it's it's fun to have the, where the turtles are actual like teenagers and they have this like really you know high energy uh interaction with each other where they're, they're like like talking over each other and you know bringing up like that teens are, like right now are interested in like you know uh improv and tiktok and fortnite and stuff but it, it works because like they're actual teenagers and um, all the all the like um, mutants that show up are great. I mean, especially like Paul Rudd uh, kind of steals the movie as M- Mano Gecko, where he like instantly bonds with Michelangelo. They have like the same vibe. And Ice Cube is uh, Superfly is just fantastic. Um, Jackie Chan as Splinter is Splinter. It's just like such a weird, fun take on that character. Like you've never seen like Splinter like this before, and like before in this movie. And just the fact that they give like Jackie Chan a Jackie Chan action scene, basically in the animation form, is just incredible. And just tons and tons of great references, tons of great uh Easter eggs for like Turtles fans. Like there's like music references and um no, you know, background stuff and set ups for stuff that's gonna happen hopefully maybe in sequels. So yeah, just turtles Mutant Mayhem just an absolute joy for Turtles fans. It's just like and it's it's such a new fun take on the turtles and it just shows like how like versatile the turtles are where it's like, you know, twenty, thirty years later, since the turtles got created, and still there's still like new interesting takes you could take put on them. So yeah, Moon Mayhem is just an absolute blast. Um my number five movie, uh Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, you know, easily the best MCU thing of the year. I mean, L- Loki was pretty good, what if is really good. Um, but as far as the movies, uh I mean nothing comes close to Guardians volume three. Um, and it was just—it was just a great send-off for the characters because this, this is James Gunn's last time, probably directing these directing anything in the MCU because he's gonna be fully involved, like invested in DC from this point on. And it's, I, we probably won't see some of these characters like possibly ever again. And it's just such a great, uh, every, like all the characters that we love, like you know, they get like one or two like great scenes to like really, you know, like. Like define them or like like or like you know highlight what what makes them special especially rocket because you know we, we get like the full brutal backstory about him and you know his like ill-fated ill animal friends and um but i mean all, all the characters like have like at least one or two moments or, or more where they get like you know, they get the shine and the entire cast is fantastic as, as always um there's there's some fantastic action sequences like the, the scene like the hallway fight scene where the Guardians are like reunited and they're fighting two th- uh Beastie Boys is just like one of the best MCU action sequences of all time, and just it's super heartfelt and super touching but also like super hilarious like it's just everything you could want from a Guardians movie uh is here and it's 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 a great kind of like final you know goodbye these characters or most of these characters possibly and to James Gunn in the, in the MCU as he moves on the DC. So yeah, Gar- Guardians Volume the 3, um, I mean it was not a great year for superhero stuff in general but that was, you know, one of the best superhero things of this year. Uh, my number 4 movie of the year is Godzilla Minus uh, 1. A recent pick, I just saw it a couple weeks ago, but one of the best Godzilla movies of all time. Just an absolutely fantastic giant monster movie. Um, and it does something that I think a lot of people have like been wanting from Godzilla movies for since they came out, or since um, especially in recent years, where the human characters in this movie are as, as compelling and interesting as Godzilla himself. Because normally it's like you have Godzilla, who we all love, and we all like love seeing on screen, and every 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 time every, every Godzilla sequence in every Godzilla movie is is fantastic and, and funny. or they're funny or scary or exciting? But then you're, when anything in between where it's not Godzilla or not, not Godzilla fighting a giant, another giant monster is kind of just like, you know, scene filler or just kind of boring or interesting or kind of just like we want to get to like the next Godzilla scene. But Godzilla minus one has like actual, like compelling, interesting characters that are like, they have like actual like human drama and emotion and you actually care about them, which really like that adds to like the Godzilla sequences because like if, if, the char- if you care about a character... And then they're like in they're like, you know, fleeing for their lives from Godzilla. It's like you actually like there's more stakes because it's like, oh, this character I like might get killed by Godzilla. So that just like adds even more to like the Godzilla sequences. And so it's just over that it's just such an over like it's you haven't really seen that before in Godzilla movies and it's just it's so great to see like these like actual, you know, humans uh and like even if it, if it even if Godzilla wasn't in there it'd still be like this like compelling drama about this guy trying to deal with like his PTSD and like you know post-world war II japan trying to rebuild but then it just happens to have like bombastic huge Godzilla monster action as well and the godzilla and like the godzilla action is is fantastic like it's some of the best Godzilla sequences in recent memory and then like this Godzilla is just so terrifying like, it's like it's like one of the scariest Godzillas in recent memory as well, like, his fire breath, or, his, like, his nuclear breath is just, like, when when it, when, it's, when it's going, when it happens, it's, like, it's always just, like, this, like, uh you're just, like, oh, shit, like, the, things are gonna get bad, because, like, it, it generates, like, actual nuclear explosions, and there's such a buildup to, like, when it's gonna happen, because his, like, spikes start, like, popping out of his back, and, like, his extras are going blue, and so it's just this, such great tension of, of, like, the build-up and the release, and then, like, just, like, utter destruction. And also, and also there's, like, a lot of, like, interesting Godzilla sequences. Like, you, like there's like, a whole sequence where Godzilla's, like, swimming behind a boat, like, Jaws-style. And they're like tr- and, like and these guys in the boat try to, like, stop him and, like, throw mines at him and try to stop... Like, they, they have, like, basically no weapons, but they have to figure out a way to stop him in any way they can. So just super inventive, unique takes on Godzilla and, like, Godzilla, like, sequences... And uh extremely interesting, dramatic, emotional human characters. Like it's just, it's everything you could possibly want from Godzilla movie. So definitely, if you're a Godzilla fan, and you have not seen Godzilla minus one, rush out, see it, check it out. It's it's incredible. Uh, my number three movie of the year is Extraction Two, which is one of the greatest action movies of all time. Like it's it's just it, it's a, they they somehow took everything that was great about the first one, which is already just over the top awesome action movie with like these incredible one takes and then just ramps everything up to like the next level for Extraction 2 um and just another great like physical performance for Chris Hemsworth like the plot wise not you know nothing interesting or too interesting like it's just like the same kind of like I'm sad about my son kind of stuff but when when Chris Hemsworth is, is in action mode in this movie it is awesome like the prisoners and then the action scenes are these like huge chunky extended like 20 30 minute sequences that are always just ramping up and building and um it but like they never get like they never over they it doesn't feel like they're like over long or over saying welcome, welcome because it's always some new elements to introduced or like they're like moving from like one thing to another setting and just like the, like the first action sequence where it's like they're going they infiltrate a prison and there's a prison riot and they like escape from the prison and then like on a train and, and it's all shot. It's supposed to be like one take, even though they probably you know dig- faked it like digitally or they, 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 there's no way it was like one take. <laughs> um, um, I mean, if, if it was, it's like one of the most impressive scenes of all time. But uh, just the way it's shot to look like in one take, and then you're just you're like never out of the action. You're always just like like on Chris Hemsworth's hip, basically. It's just insane, and then it just there's a, multiple sequences in this movie that were just like as insane. And I also love that they gave um. Like, uh, uh, go shift Ferrani, like, uh, Nick Khan, like, Chris Hemsworth, like, like you know, main, like, uh, his like, his like, he's like, like main ally, like his main like, um, contacts, um, she gets a, it, like, to do as much as almost as much as like Chris Henry or even like, like equal amount of stuff to as him, and like just get, gets to kick, kick like tons of ass in this movie too, which is just, um, cause she she got to do it, like a little bit in the first movie, but like this is it's, it's just awesome to hear, just like in there. Side by side with Contemporary, like just doing the same kind of like awesome badass shit. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, if, if, if John Wick Chapter 4 did not come out, which we'll get to in a little bit, but if this, that had not come out, like this would have been like possibly number one. Like it's, it's just so awesome. It's so badass. Like just the level of action, the, like the, the, the choreography, the like set pieces is just insane. So, Extraction 2, um, Keep them coming. Extraction three, whatever. Else we want to extraction extraction time infinity. Let's just keep them coming. My um, number two movie of the year: Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, I mean, top tier. The, like the pinnacle of animation. Like currently, it's every scene is incredible. Every scene looks. It's like it, it's what they do with the animation is just stunning. Like every every world they visit is a t- totally different art style. With different colors and different like ways of looking and just how they cram every kind of every style of animation you can possibly think of whether it's like cg and traditional 2d animation and like live action and then like video game characters and like atari sprites and just like any every possible animation style and like or like style of like anything you could, you could jam into this they just jam it all together and it shouldn't work but it does and it works awesome and, and it's just like they don't try to like uh you know make everything look the same it's just like if if the character came from a game they they, they look like they're, they're from the game and they look like they're from you know a 90s cartoon they're from a 90s cartoon <laughs> like and just like the first movie and, i mean this is just a love letter to spider man like if you're a spider man fan there's so much jammed in here like this is a movie where movie like for years you're just, you just know, like like just keep watching it pausing and trying to find like all the easter eggs and all the like the background characters and all the like, references and it just like blows up the like the kind of like the premise of like the multiverse to like new levels where instead of Miles getting visited by the by the multiverse in his universe, now we're like jumping to like other universes and seeing like other universes in the Spider-Man universe. And all the new characters are great. Like I mean, Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara like is fantastic as a villain. Although I hope hopefully because I love I love Miguel. Spider-Man 29 so much in the comics like I hope he gets like some sort of like turn or he like you know realizes the error of his ways and becomes a good guy again because I would hate to meet him to just be like this like full on villain for like next movie and um yeah and then like great stuff with like you know fleshing out and having Gwen Spider-Gwen have way more to do and then she and Miles both have like these like interesting arcs in the movie and like interesting character growth and then also just like this, th- what they do with the spot like Jason Schwartzman, where it's like he starts out and he's like this, like absolutely just like goofy, throwaway, dumb villain, and then it becomes like this, like like Eldric, like Lovecraftian overarching like world, you know, multiverse-ending threat is just like such a great like unexpected build-up. So I mean, Spider-Verse is incredible. Like the only the only downside to it is we probably we're probably gonna have like a long waits till like the finale, um, but I cannot wait till the third movie comes out and I'll, I'll probably definitely like rewatch this one uh, a couple times, probably in the time before that one comes out, just like re experiencing it, like see stuff I missed and just like re- just relive in that world again, just to like see everything going on. So across the spider verse, another triumph from Sony animation. And then my number one movie I mentioned a little bit ago, but John wick chapter four, I mean, one, one of the greatest action movies of all time like, 20, 30 years from now, when we're talking about, like, greatest action movie of the time, it's going to be on the list. This, I mean, this is, it's just the level of choreography, the level of, like, action sequence, you know, set, like, set sequence design, and just, like, what, like, how the action sequences evolve, and, like, what, what like, all, like, the, like, the fighting, and the shootouts, and just like, everything about it is just, like, just top tier. You've never seen anything like it. It's just, like, absolutely incredible, um, And it's all, it's all just, like, super extended, like, it's, like, these, like, huge, huge extended sequences, like, 20, 30 minutes of, like, Keanu Reeves just, like, constantly just fighting guys, and it never gets boring, it's always evolving, it's always changing, it's always adding a different, like, John runs out of bullets, he grabs, he grabs nunchucks, he, he, like, a knife breaks, he grabs, like, a a club, or, like, he grabs a sword, it's just, like, all the the locations where these actually take place are incredible um like the opening the huge opening sequence in like the uh osaka continental so it's all like samurai stuff and you know japanese um, neon backgrounds and then like uh scott atkins like nightclub in russia with like all like the indoor waterfalls and then uh i mean the paris staircase sequence i mean that is like just my jaw was on the, on the floor for that, and I mean, my job was on the ground for like most of this movie, just like seeing, like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing, and like the level of action that we're we experiencing in this movie. And and you know, I was, I was talking about like Spendals Four earlier, like this, the John Wick series, like is like get understands what action fans want, and like what what they like excited, gets them excited, because like you know, there's no Megan Fox, there's no Fifty Cent in the movie. This is like this is there's there's people like you you want to see like Marco Zorro and Scott Atkins and. Like actual awesome martial artists and action stars and stunt court, like stunt guys and just like, like everything. Everything about John, the John Wick universe is a, a incredible, and yeah. They, and they they somehow like every movie ramps up and you, like you you know I, we watch John Wick Chapter Three, it's like there's no way they can top this. Like this is just like the most insane action we ever seen. And then like, and then four comes out and it tops everything ups ups the ante ups everything from ch- to, like chapter three and it's just like i i don't i don't know how they where they go from here i mean the way this movie ends like i hope i hope i kind of hope this is the end because it's, it's just a, it's such a perfect end for john's story but i mean like it made it but made a bunch of money so like they'll probably figure out they're gonna figure out some way to like keep keep it going I mean, we're getting like i think we're getting this year like for 24 we're getting ballerina which is the spin-off with Anna de Armas, which I'm excited for and hopefully is, is is like level action that movie is as good as like you know these movies. And we got the Continental which is which is you know perfectly fine fun prequel to the, the universe even though it kind of like didn't have quite the same level like John Wickness to it like it didn't have like that you know underworld kind of like uh comic booky um where everyone knows each like everyone seems it's kind of more generic a little bit but yeah I mean Another Keanu Reeves one. I don't know how. Like, hopefully, they would, if they were gonna do it, they're, they're gonna figure out some like compelling way to do it. Because if it if it's some terrible way to like if they bring him back in like some terrible way, then it's just gonna be kind of like uh really like terrible way to like terrible the character, terrible like the the legacy of this movie. I kind of hope, yeah, I, I hope like this is like these four movies are just like an awesome one huge epic storyline, and then. Like, I would, I would be more excited to see, like, more stuff in this universe. I Maybe mean, not necessarily, you know, from John Wick Keanu, but we'll have to see. But, you know, for this year, John Wick Chapter 4, just mind-blowing, jaw-dropping on every level. Like, just incredible. We're going we're gonna to be talking about this movie for, you know, decades to come. And then a couple honorable mentions for Best Movies of the Year. I um, just want to give a shout out to Cobweb, just a really nasty, fun little horror movie. Uh, Blue Beetle, definitely the best DC uh, EU movie. Where you know it didn't really do anything, you know, too original or um, unique, but it was just, it was a fun origin story in the vein of like Spider-Man or uh, something like that. Uh, the Marvels, it you know, it did it, it was a hor- horrific bomb at the box office, but it was kind of it was a, just a fun, um, you know, MCU movie, s- small 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 scale, or it got, kind of felt smaller scale. It's more about the, like the this like trio of characters. Uh, it did not jive with anything that came before it really, except for Miss Marvel. But um, on its own, it was fun. Um, Megan or M 3 gin which basically kicked off the year, uh, especially the unrated cut. That was just a uh, that was just a fun, weird, like snarky horror movie. Like Meg- Megan is gonna be like a new horror icon on the veins of, like Chucky. Or hope- I hope she's like a, a new icon on the vein of Chucky because she- that character is great. And then lots of just fun, uh, you know, stuff that happens in that movie, with, like kills and like it had, it had like a really like like fun like snarky sense of humor. Um, Creed um, three, another, another solid entry in the Creed franchise, and some you know some interesting new visual stuff from uh, Michael B. Jordan directing wise. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, another like nasty fun nasty horror movie, a, a fun entry like a fun new kind of like side. Entry in the in the Evil Dead franchise, and hopefully, like if they if they're going this like anthology series kind of direction now with the Evil Dead, like and this is like the kind of like the tone of it. I'm definitely on board for like other entries in the series now. Uh, Barbie, I know a lot of people are probably like this is like their number one movie. I watched it; it was fun, it was funny. Um, I don't, I don't I, like not quite up to like the hype level for me, but just like I, I definitely understand like why people loved it, and it's like great performances like Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie are just like incredible in it like just so funny so it's just, um it was a little it was a little too on the nose at times for me like it's just like so obvious like they're like so blunt in what they're trying to do which i guess is the point but um it it was it, it was just like a fun and like just lots i love all this like this surreal kind of like meta humor of like you know like you have you have to like um sing the uh like that uh Indigo Girls song every time you leave Barbie World you you have to like you have to do like the every these like very specific actions like leave or enter Barbie World and stuff and then you know, like all all like the references to like actual like weird Barbie past like Alan and um Midge and all that stuff so it was it was definitely fun I, um I not lot and a lot of people had had like way higher on their list but I, um I definitely I definitely thought it was like a really good fun funny movie. Um, the creator, the, the, um, Gareth, I think it's Gareth Edwards. I, I was confused Gareth Edwards and Gareth Evans. Um, but I think it was Gareth Edwards who did, um, you know, Godzilla and Rogue One. Um, but very cool sci-fi movie. Like maybe not like, you know, most, most unique story wise, or like, you'll, like, you'll, you'll see plot points like from miles away, but visually like what he was able to do with that budget and like. Like just like the world building of that movie is incredible. Definitely if you've not seen that, check that out on like Disney Plus or Hulu, as I think is where you can check it out. Um Equalizer three, r- really like brutal f- brutal uh cool end to like that Denzel Equalizer trilogy. Um it actually it actually makes Denzel and like his like uh equalizer character more of like a horror villain. Or like in like he's like because he's not—he's not really engaging in like direct fights anymore, but like he's like more like stalking from the shadows and like just like killing people like J- like Jason Voorhees or like Michael Myers style. So that was like a like a cool like kind of fun twist in that uh, so, that like uh, kind of like action movie like revenge movie thing where it's just like he's just like this like shadowy presence where like like guys guys will enter a room and, like five people are dead and they have no idea wh- how they're dead or why they're dead. It's just, like and then Denzel will, like coming with like a fire poker and just stab someone in the face with it or something. And then uh, last, Indiana Jones of Destiny, um, wait, probably way too long. Uh, you know, way too much uh, CG, maybe, or like it's, um, plot wise, it was kind of like, it, like, didn't really. There's some like weirdness, like of like there were characters that like they built up and they kind of like didn't do anything with, and like plots they kind of didn't really go anywhere. But in general, it was definitely better than Kingdom of the Crystal Cell, and it was a f- Decent, decent finale, kind of ending for Indiana Jones. Like I would, I would definitely prefer this over Conquistadors, like the final Indiana Jones movie. But yeah, it was just, it was way too long. I mean, it, it did not need to be two and a half hours long. <laughs> it could have been like two hours or like ninety minutes or something, and you could have had like a really tight, fun adventure movie. But I mean, it's not bad. Still, like, if you have not seen it yet, check it out on Disney Plus. And uh, yeah, that's so that's it for me for this year. Um. You know, there's a lot of weirdness with like the strikes and, um, uh, like in uh, like streaming services consolidating and like stuff like just like getting canceled, and never coming out, like Batgirl or like potentially Coyote versus Acme, all these all these other projects are like getting like canceled and removed from streaming services, and you'll you'll never see them or you you can never see them again because they were they were on like honest service and then they to save money they get they're like gone now. So a lot of weird influx entertainment stuff going on but as far as movies go i think this is mostly like a pretty solid year and uh yeah so they'll do it for this year of everything action the uh, Everything action cast um come back next week because we are it's gonna be a new year new format uh we are gonna try something different for 2024 uh and every week starting next week on the podcast we to be diving into a new movie and kind of deep, going deep dive and kind of like, you know, digging into our favorite scenes and favorite uh, moments and kind of like some fun trivia. And, um it's gonna be, you know, it's, it's going to be stuff related to like stuff that's coming out or like having an anniversaries or just some of our fun, like our favorites or like hidden gems that we think people should check out. And we're actually going to kick things off next week with uh, Yes Madam, the Michelle Yeoh, uh, Cynthia Rothrock, like martial arts classic because um, Michelle Yeoh is in a new... Netflix show that's going to debut next week uh The Brother's Son and she, and then so she that's her latest movie or latest project we're going to go all the way back to the beginning to her first starting role and talk about Yes Madam and uh you know Cynthia Rothrock's insane british accent british dubbing and all the crazy action and then, like Michelle Yeoh's like badass introduction to like being a, like a action martial arts star so that that's going to that's it's gonna kick off the new era of everything action cast next week so come back um i think you, you can watch yes madam on on prime video i think so if you want to watch it and then listen to our podcast do that and then and then every week after that we're gonna like dive into other movies and other popular other tv shows i know we when um x-men 97 comes out we're definitely going to talk about x-men the animated series um and probably talk about our favorite episodes and stuff like that so lots of fun stuff lots of new stuff coming to you have an extra cast this year, so come back next week and then every week after that and check out what we're doing. And we're still going to have a, our commentary months. So definitely come back every month for our commentary. Um, we haven't really talked about it yet, but I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess probably something Statham related because he's got that crazy, insane new movie called The Beekeeper coming out. So we be able to watch a Statham movie or watch something else uh, next month for a commentary. But yeah, check check all it out. And then come to the site, check all of our usual stuff out. Hit up our social media on. Uh, we're on X slash Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all, um, all the big ones. Uh, and everythingaction.com for the sites. And uh, and yeah, so that'll, that'll wrap things up for this episode. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.